Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to when they were young. It's our first episode back in a real studio in since real February. Life. Oh my God. It's very strange. Yeah. We're in a whole new studio. It's really nice. Uh, we've been recording episodes from our various gaffes with various folks um, during lockdown. So hopefully this marks the start of more real life conversations, which probably don't have the strange like noise ambience that recording mm-hmm. over long distance has. And hopefully uh, all of our Zoom awkwardness will have folded away too. So uh, really, really excited to have yeah. our guest here with us. We've <laughs> it's fantastic. Very special. Very special. International pop sensation. Long term mutual of both me and Alan also yeah. on Twitter.com. CMAT. Welcome Yopa. to the show. How's Welcome. it going? Good. You you picked a big topic. You've swung for the whatever the baseball analogy is. I, I sports. I have taken the biggest prize. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, like the, there's really two options that are bigger than this, and one is like, I guess the Bible. I could have just been mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I would like to talk about Jesus Christ. No, so obviously not Jesus Christ. And I'm trying to think of another topic that could be bigger than. The Beatles. I don't think there is one. Yeah, I'm going for the Beatles. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the Beatles. Let's do it. Like, because honestly, I have lots of thoughts. I have lots of anecdotes. I have lots of stories. So are you, a fa- are you, are you a fan since childhood, childhood, right? Not necessarily. So I, I definitely wasn't fully aware of the Beatles until maybe I was like 10 years old. Like, I remember... So I was a very strange child. I just, I think we need to get this out there. Welcome to the club. Uh, yeah. And not like, and not like, like in a cute way, like in a way that was like, I was constantly getting in trouble in school for behavioral issues because I couldn't stop talking constantly. So like the teacher would be like, okay, we're going to do this now. And I'd just be next. Oh, so anyway, this is what I did this weekend. And I'm gonna, blah, blah, blah. Like I could not physically stop myself from talking. Um, I used to constantly like take my clothes off until I was like seven years old. Like, cause I hated wearing clothes in public cause I didn't feel free. Um, I like thought that Boney M, like when I was, I was just saying like I, when I was five years old, Boney M were my favorite band. And I thought they were like the contemporary of Britney Spears. I like didn't stop talking about Boney M for a very long time. Um, this is yeah, a lot of lot of weird stuff from my childhood, but I was always very into the past. I was always very into like vintage stuff, retro stuff. I thought anything that was old was very cool. Um for my eighth birthday, I had like read in a book about a girl who had a 1960s themed birthday party, and I was like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> so I was like, Sinead, my mom. I was like, Sinead. I'm throwing a 1960s birthday party theme. And she was like, okay. So I think I went for like Twiggy 60s and every other, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Every other bitch went for like, (laughs) went for like hippie, dippy, trippy, like 1967, like Woodstock 60s. And I was like, this is not what I want. This is not what I'd planned. (laughs) Ruining my aesthetic. I was like, you're not getting, you're not getting it. You're not getting it girls. Um. And my sister, Noelle, made me a compilation for that birthday off of LimeWare. LimeWare. Oh, rest in peace, LimeWare. And LimeWare is very responsible for everything about me musically. But anyway, so she made me this mixtape and there was a Beatles song on it. And it was Obla Dee, Obla Obla Da. Da, And that was, I think, the first Beatles song that I heard. 
And I remember we used to listen to it in the car all the time because my mom had like five CDs and we didn't listen to the radio. So that became one of the CDs that we listened to. And I used to remember the track list so well. I'd be like, oh my God, we're only two songs away from Ola Di Ola Da. Oh my God, we've only got one more song to go. And I think the song that came before it was, Don't you know that I in the darkness of my lonely room. What is that song called? I don't know. Field that is not familiar. Yeah. It's like a 60s Motown standard or something. I feel like I can, yeah, I can hear that. So when I used to hear that riff of that song, I don't even know. But you knew what was coming next. I was like, oh my God, I've only got one more song to wait until I'll do come And then he used to come on with that. And I'd be like, yes, here we go. Such a banger. Especially when you're a kid, that song is like crack. Massive wrap the gaff energy off it, to be honest. Oh my God. And even, and I think especially with the imagery that's in the song, because you could, like, I just remember being in the back of the car and I could see Desmond and Molly and I could see the kids in the band and I could see everyone like very strong I would just like close my eyes and be like Desmond has something in the marketplace I'm very bad at remembering lyrics also so oh, good. I'll be yeah, all over yeah. the place I'm glad that's rotting that this episode yeah, yeah good yeah. so also around this time so maybe between the age of 8 and 11 my only ambition in life was to be a fashion designer excellent uh, like so the whole thing about the 60s thing I read that from like a children's fashion book and that's when I was annoyed when people started dressing up as hippies because I was like this is 1964 London 60s like aim higher like, like aim higher like I aim want, for liberty like yeah, yeah I want like fashion London and you've all come up and tie dye Jesus Christ like, find hey. the glam in what I'm looking for <laughs> I know it was literally I was like you went for the least glamorous option I'm so disappointed in everyone <laughs> not a fake eyelash among them like no yeah. I actually used to wear fake eyelashes to school when I was 11 years oh. old and I to get in trouble for it all the time I used to have a bump it I was obsessed with the 60s the 60s was my favorite like at that age because 60s was fashion it was yeah. like the fashion and I used to wear do you remember a bump it do you remember them yeah so it was like a plastic thing with teeth and you pop you, it underneath uh, yeah yeah. and you back home and then it makes like and you think it looks deadly you're but like it does just look like a thing under your hair that you pulled your hair over mm-hmm. yeah it's you think you were walking around and you're like, Amy Winehouse, who? <laughs> I've ended her whole career. Like, she wishes. And then you get in and look at yourself and you just see the plastic. Like, you see it. Because no one tells you you have to back home your hair when you're like 11 or My 12 years old. My dress was like a twiggy dress, uh, oh. which was extremely aspirational given yeah. what I was like when I was that age. And I also had a beehive in my Debs, but it was done so poorly that oh, I yeah. think she must have used about 80 clips. Yeah. So the back of my head was just like, click 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 yeah. and about halfway through the night I was like fuck this <laughs> ripped them all out like leaving a trail of bobby pins around the shitty hotel in Laos we went to yeah. but uh, the 60s the, that, that lovely I know exactly what kind of look you're talking about yeah. and I would have I been super attracted to that vibe when I was that yeah. age as well like yeah. hugely I, it's very child friendly fashion it is it's yeah, very yeah. colourful and, and it's simple you know? yeah it's simple it's got um, you know it's a lot of block colours and it's a lot of real geometric <laughs> shapes lots of shapes yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly and shapes is like for children yeah. shapes is for children yeah. um, shapes not for adults no it's shapes for children for kids. I, still, yeah. I still actually dress like a child I really like that shirt as oh, well thank yeah, you. Wearing it all day. For, awesome. for the people at home it's um, a Kellogg's shirt it's it red is. it rules it's a shirt with Kellogg's printed all over it that I got absolutely done for when I was in Lisbon because so I was like how much does this shirt cost and she literally looked me up and down and was like 20 euro and I was like bitch no it wasn't <laughs> like, <laughs> you, just, you literally just had one look at me and you were like 20 euro but anyway, sorry, we're going off. Um, so I was really very into fashion, fashion design. That was what I wanted to do. I did sewing lessons, wore fake eyelashes to school. 
um like had a bump it in my hair also had very bad acne when I was like from the age of 10 so it was a whole mess like I had like um two thick layers of max studio fix on my face at any one time and like no contour no blush because I didn't know about that no it was the past no, no one, one told knew about you. that no <laughs> one didn't exist no nobody told no one tells you that if you put foundation on you have to bring the warmth back into your face and the shape back into your oh, face no, we were all little ghosts like. no we were ghosts and we were going around looking like we had moon faces just like just like immobile shapes Shapes. <laughs> I had a shape for a face. Like a shape, children. Flat that's shape. what we were meant to look like. Though. Exactly. We were meant to look Not terrible. like weird, sexy kids. It's like, no, I just oh, look a bunch of shapes. I'm small. Leave me alone. The weird, sexy kids thing upsets me so much. Different like, times. Different I hate times. it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Let's not talk about sexy kids. <laughs> um, First time back in the studio, we're getting cancelled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, listen, finally. Just we'll all be cancelled. Yeah. But um, so I was into fashion design and I remember reading when I was about 11 or 12 years old an interview with Gwyneth Paltrow, who the obsession with her has continued to this day, as you can imagine. And the question, there was a question along the lines of like, who inspires you the most or what's really inspirational to you right now? She was like, everything that the Beatles ever did inspires me so much to this day. And I carry the Beatles energy with me. She was going through Beatles phase at the time. And she just started going on about the Beatles and this thing. I was like, oh yeah, like I think I like the Beatles. Like I'm gonna like look them up. I'm gonna start getting into them. So I think when I was 11 or 12, I was on LimeWire. I was a LimeWire fiend, by the way, because LimeWire was the only way I was able to get country music onto my stuff. I also love country music. Um, So I ended up going out. This took a process, I'm going to say about three weeks. I went to Wikipedia and I got the track list of, this was on like a really like a desktop, desktop computer yeah. or something. Um, I got the track list for every single Beatles album yeah. and searched one by one by one each of the songs and loaded them up on that lovely green <laughs> dial yeah loaded them up onto my computer and then I think when I was 12 I got an iPod Nano for Christmas and it was an orange iPod Nano and I asked okay. for an orange iPod Nano because it was Paul McCartney's favourite colour Excellent. which I read in a Beatles fan magazine that my mom found in a charity shop for me that came from the 90s. So the, the obsession progressed very quickly, by the way. Mm. It took me like one week of like one album to be like, oh, this is my, this is me. Yeah, mm-hmm. here I am. This, yeah. here we go. <laughs> here <Yeah>. we go. <laughs> um, and I named the iPad Nano Paul. Oh, so is Paul your favorite? Well, we'll talk about that mm. in a bit. That's the whole, that's a, that's, that's a, a fraught topic. Right? It's a chunky, yeah, it's a yeah, chunky yeah. topic. Um. So I was in first year in secondary school and I was very loud and I was very much, I think people were attempting to bully me because of everything that was going on with me at the time. Like there was so much, like there was- I like that, as somebody who also went through being loud in in secondary school, uh, I really liked the reframing of they attempted to bully me, but it just didn't- it just didn't, didn't work. work. It just <laughs> it just didn't work because it didn't stop me from doing all of the things that they were constantly dragging me for. So I went in and I was like, I got an iPad Nano for Christmas. He's called Paul uh, after Paul McCartney. Um, and this all I have on it is the Beatles' entire discography. So I'm going to say it was like 265 songs. Wow. Or, it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah, for an iPad Nano, that's like a yeah. lot of songs. We didn't even get into the post-Beatles solo stuff yet. It was too much so like legitimately because it is such a meaty topic because there is so much Beatles stuff in the world I it consumed me uh, because I I think as well like even when when you're that young 
for me anyway, anything that was information, I was like, I need it. I need all the information mm-hmm. about all of pop culture all the time, constantly. Wikipedia was my best friend. LimeWire was my best friend. I was constantly Googling. I was constantly reading, 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 constantly. And I didn't care for novels at that time. And I actually, to this, no offense. No, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> no I listen to music. It's fine. I'm, We're from different planets. Yeah, it's no, grand. we really are. Um, all I did was like listen to music and read biographies, I think for about three years, three or four years. I just listened to music, read biographies, listened to music, read biographies. Um, yeah, so by the time I was probably halfway through first year I was the Beatles girl it was uh, like oh the Beatles girl she's obsessed with the Beatles I had a Beatles bag I wore bumping in my hair I wasn't able to talk about anything that wasn't the Beatles I was like trying to learn how to play Beatles songs on the guitar but that is hard because yeah. the chords are all over the gap mm-hmm. and I think I probably never learned how to play a Beatles song properly because I couldn't understand the chords and I was pretty much I think my mom sent me to like five guitar lessons when I was that age to man across the road called Frank and after about five lessons my mom was just like okay you can't go anymore because he just said you're talking all the time and I was like yeah I know so then I was learning myself and I had to teach myself how to play the guitar off YouTube and stuff and I just remember really constantly attempting to learn Beatles songs and failing spectacularly because the chords are so hard yeah they sound simple but they're and the riffs are really hard as well oh yeah so fiddly yeah Yeah. the riffs were actually easier for me to learn when I was that age and that was what I Mm. focused on I was very much about the because I read again reading George Harrison was like oh the first thing I learned how to do was just play riffs I never learned how to play chords so I was like that's what I'm going to do so I did that and then I was like oh this is useless for me because I don't have any other friends that play yeah. music I don't know anyone else who plays the I guitar I haven't got a rhythm guitarist yeah you know, so. it was so easy in school like, there was a lot of guitarists and it was really easy to spot the guys who did that because they couldn't strum to save their lives Ugh. they could like do like any solo you want but they can't actually strum out a song for someone to sing to it's a different yeah. motion and it's it. a different set of coordination mm. that you need like it's a different part of your brain yeah yeah it is a completely different part of your brain which is why I think for like learning music and like playing music and writing music I was always country because country is very easy mm. it's like the same three chords over and over again but I was listening to the Beatles all the time and I'm trying to think how my obsession progressed it just got weirder and weirder and more intense and more intense like I have distinct memories of just like falling asleep every night and being like finally I have some alone time to just think about the Beatles <laughs> like I just like close my eyes and be like mm-hmm. like humming away to myself and like picturing me like going on a date with George Harrison um, like uh, you know like One Direction fanfic yeah mm. that but the Beatles where like yeah. you, like but I didn't write it down it was just what sent me to sleep every you night you woken up from heart transplant surgery and I remember <laughs> who was at the end of the book where's my boyfriend Harry who do you think gave you the heart my favourite my favourite is the one where like I looked into my uh deep brown eyes and brushed my long auburn hair and I ran down merrily to the kitchen my mother said Kira your new owners are here what mother I've sold Told you, you to, one to one direction, direction. <laughs> yes no how could you do this I literally was like Kira I've sold you to George Harrison <laughs> I'm like oh no whatever am I to do <laughs> and I also remember that show uh, Life on Mars yes yeah. where he hit his head goes back in time mm, yeah 
I was hitting my head. <laughs> I used to hit my head. I'd be like, please, please. Just bring me back. Like, please. Back. I just want to go. I just want to go <laughs> to Liverpool, 1962. I'd be like, please, God. Like, I used to pray. I'd be like, please. Just I, w- I just want to wake up and I want to be 1962, Liverpool. Like, please, I'll do anything. Like, anything. I'll be so religious. Like, I will literally be like, every candle, just please send me back, please. But that places you in, like, this amazing, like, historical framework of the girls who, like, were, like mad and devout by the Beatles it's gorgeous that they still have that impact do you know so many years later so many like generations out of their original timeline yeah they still have that that thing where like I've I've gone to One Direction concerts which has been fucking unbelievable and uh, being in a crowd of screaming girls oh yeah that's the best feeling in the fucking... It's an, it's the best feeling in the world is being, like, obsessed with a band. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's the best oh, feeling. Oh, yes. Like, it's, it's great. I've been obsessed with two bands at that level. One was the Beatles and the other was Bombay Bicycle Club. But that was when I was later. And they were... <laughs> I think that was my attempt at, like... I want the experience of going to a concert and not being surrounded by ropey-looking alphas. <laughs> who are, like, intellectualizing everything. I went to see Paul McCartney when I was 14. We, it was very intense. We were, I'm trying to, like, was that in RDS? Yes, it was in the RDS. And my sister met Ryan Tuberty. Amazing. <laughs> I think I was in sixth year and we weren't allowed to go because we were meant to be studying. And we had this huge oh scheme to go and sit outside the RDS just to listen to him. Oh. But we were both respectively told off by our outrage but it's like what the fuck are you doing going to Paul McCartney you're leaving service like in 10 minutes and we were like well we want to sit outside I'm like well you don't well you won't but I remember that gig and being really cute I think it was 2010 where, was it? Uh, so no oh no then I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a different one oh because the, the one I went to was 2010 no I'm already asked. nearer 2004 probably oh, okay yeah no he's played a couple of times he has played yeah, a few times because th- at that point we were like it's our last chance but it's never gonna, he, that guy's going to keep rolling them tours out and you like, know what like so 2010 is now 10 years ago gross. so I know Ooh. it's disgusting I so don't gross. actually now that I think about it it's in for doing my spine but <laughs> um, like he was amazing He was, and legitimately when I think about it he actually was good it wasn't like yeah. a Brian Wilson thing no, Brian where Wilson you're just sat. like have you seen Brian Wilson? I haven't seen Brian I've seen it's, videos of Brian Wilson I've, I've been front row for Brian Wilson and it was horrific upsetting yeah because like, he doesn't know where he is like no and I love the Beach Boys yeah. ride or die but I uh, would, you ever, would you ever go to see Mike Love in the Beach Boys? absolutely I would not <laughs> I <laughs> no, I'm would. done I'm finished I would just hurt myself on her feet. I'm gonna yeah. hurt myself with it again man I'm just not doing it I hate that guy so much I would love to he go. is the worst no, I would love really to go and be sad. like fuck you <laughs> I don't understand why you would go if not to throw rotten tomatoes at Mike Love on stage be like fuck you Mike Love you fucking ruined him you God help him oh. poor Brian we were at Oxygen and uh, Daft Punk were playing like five minutes away yeah. so went realised what we were seeing was devastating and we're like let's go look at the robots yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go but it is it is a risk going to see somebody toward at a, like at the end of their career and, yes and realistically at a later stage in their lives yeah but it's great that but he was amazing yeah. and because he was so with it and like obviously the singing he's he's heard better days oh. like he's had better but no but it wasn't sad though because he was enjoying himself yeah mm. he just was like he was it was Paul McCartney but 
<laughs> like open that <laughs> register. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like 67 or something when I seen him. So he's now nearly 80 years right. old. Yeah. Um, but he was absolutely amazing. And also because me being 14 years old, um, I'm very dramatic. I'm very emotional. And having just come out of the phase where I was praying to God every night. To that bring I you back to 1962. Brought back to 1962 yeah. and where I was like physically <laughs> harming myself because I thought there was going to be a life on Mars situation uh, where I was going to end up back there. Like the whole, the whole shebang. I saw Paul McCartney and I think he's, I'm trying to remember what the song was. I think he did Hey Jude and it started to rain and I just started to cry. I was like, I was like, this is so sad. This is so funny when I think of it, but my brain at that moment was like, John Lennon is here. I was like, he's here and he's with me now and he's with us. Ah." And I like literally started crying. And the girl that I brought with me was like, are you okay? Cause Clara, Clara Floody, oh she's lovely, but uh, she she just liked music. Actually, I brought so I got two tickets for Christmas, and then the day of there was like a girl in my school whose ma works for MCD, and she was like, "Hey, Kira, my mom has like two spare tickets to Paul McCartney, and I don't know anyone who likes the Beatles, but I know you do. Do you want them?" And I was like, "Yes." So I ended up bringing a girl that I went to school with, Clara Floody. And then my sister, Roisin, who hates music. She doesn't like music. She just likes to be involved in things and she doesn't like to be left out. Roisin, I'm calling you out. Um, <laughs> uh, and then my cousin, Ashling. And Ashling does love the Beatles. And me and Clara went up as far as we could go with the cheap tickets. Like we didn't get the like 300 euro for row tickets where Paul McCartney's spitting at you. Um, but yeah, in the like five minutes that we were apart, they had met Ryan Tumperdy. <laughs> and Roisin was so excited she like wanted to just follow Ryan Tuberty around the whole like, <laughs> just track she, him through the festival she did not give a fuck about Paul McCartney <laughs> she did not give a fuck about the Coronas who were the support oh, by the way the Coronas and she was literally just like mom we met Ryan Tuberty <laughs> and he was there and he shook my hand <laughs> and we were, I was like you didn't have a spiritual experience no Roisin no She's like, no, right over me. But yeah, so that was very funny. Um, But yeah. um, Yeah, there's just so much to talk about. I don't even know where to go next. Like, well, who is your favorite Beatle then, if not Paul? Okay, so let's let's just get down to it. I think my favorite in the sense that the person who I like the most and the person who I admire for their ability the most is probably Paul. Mm. But I am also recognizing that the Beatle that I am the most like, uh, and I've only kind of, and this is going to sound weird or something, but like, I think I am definitely John Lennon. Like I am John Lennon. Like I, I like everything about him is me in the sense of his rage, his like blind rage, his anger. Um, he's like a moron. Like that's me. He's <laughs> a big dumb bitch energy, John Lennon. Uh, he has no no musical ability. He's just all feelings, all feelings, all talking about himself all the he's time. A he's like yeah. he's the lyricist. He's the, yeah. he's the only one in the Beatles that didn't get extreme lyrical fatigue. Um, yeah, I'm calling you out, George Harrison, R.I.P. But like, while my guitar gently weeps, there's some bad lyrics in there. Like I was listening to that song earlier on today because I was trying to think of what my favorite Beatles album was. I think it's probably the White Album. I was gonna say the White Album. Like, yeah, that's a really that's very different. I feel like it's a the songs on it feel different. Mm, like, I think it's a it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess of an album, which is why I like it because it has some of the highest 
points of each of the Beatles, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And then it also has the lowest. It has some of the it worst songs. Hey, no. Actually, I want to fight with Bungalow you. Bungalow Bill. Okay, Bungalow Bill's yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, it's shit. And like Glass Onion and uh, Savoy like Truffle. No. No, you don't. Everyone uh, has filler tracks. And no, but it's not. But this is what I like about it because I think that this is how you get to great songwriting. I think the only way you can really, really get to fantastic, great songwriting is through shit songs. You gotta mm. get through them. You gotta write them. Like you, you just got. There's no way of writing an amazing song if you haven't written like five absolute stinkers. And I think that album is a testament to it. Yeah. Um. Which is why I like it the most. Like, but, I Will is one of the best songs ever written. Uh, like, I Will is probably my favourite song in the whole world. Like, and again, this is from someone who doesn't really like music very much and doesn't, like, I will go weeks without listening to music. Um, But I Will is like a prayer or something. Like, it's sorry. an amazing song. I, sing it to me because I'm bad with... Who knows how much I love you? Who knows I love you still? See, this song is really funny to me because this is another really good example of what the White Album does. It really shows, like, liquid Paul McCartney versus liquid John Lennon because the song before that is... Why don't we do it? <laughs> Why don't we... And then it goes into... Who knows yeah. how it's a great song but the two the two songs going into each other is very, very funny yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they did it on purpose um, but yeah so I think the the Beatle that I most relate to is probably John Lennon because he's a hot mess and he's like doesn't have that much musical talent but is all feeling so he gets away with it and um, I think he's also the saddest Beatle oh 100% he's, the he's even at the height of it is yeah. devastating like. yeah and I know I know like the whole there's the whole internet movement now where everyone's like fuck John Lennon he beat up his wife like okay yes he absolutely beat up his wife he was a horrible husband he was a horrible man but a lot of people are terrible and I don't know. I don't. I'm like. I don't want to get cancelled. No, no, no. We. I think the the thing we say pretty much every episode at this point all is that all our faves are problematic. Oh, they're all problematic. Every single every single like, person is problematic. Everything like oh, you can't look at music from a certain period of time without going. That person is a hundred percent a rapist, or that person has had sex with a teenager. Like you cannot look at any of it. So you just have to go. I'm going to be better than those monsters. Yeah. And I will take the good that I can take from this art. Yeah. But the art that I make and the work that I make will not involve causing harm to people. Yeah. Do you know? Like yeah. you take the good and you leave the shit and you don't lionize anybody. Do you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you can yeah. be inspired by somebody and go, I'm never going to do all the bad shit that they did. But you're also still probably going to do a lot of bad shit. Yeah. But you, mm. you know, you're probably never going to like hit your wife. Yeah. But like, you're... I'm definitely not going to beat up my wife. <laughs> no, I will never beat up my wife. No. But like... Or leave her. Do you know that anecdote about Cynthia Lennon getting the closet at a party at Eric no. Clapton's house? Um, They went to a party at Eric Clapton's house and uh, this was like uh, right at the tail end of their marriage and Cynthia was really, really trying hard to like get him to was like she pay before attention. Yeah, she, yeah. Was, uh, she was the wife that he beat up because he didn't beat up. Well, I don't know if he, I don't think he ever like had on Yoko. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the whole thing was Cynthia was like quite badly every so often kind of beat up by him when she was like trying to get his attention because he just didn't give any attention to her. And he also just like didn't acknowledge that he was married for the first two years of the Beatles' career because he was like, oh, and Brian Epstein used to come in and be like, oh, we're doing it like for the facade, you know, to be bad for the Beatles. But John was like loving it because yeah. <laughs> he's getting away with murder. But um, yeah, Cynthia was like, I'm going to hide in a wardrobe 
in the house and see how long it takes for him to notice that I'm gone. She's in the wardrobe for, I think, about three hours before the door opened up and it was Scylla Black. Amazing. And Scylla Black was like, he's not coming for your love. Oh, poor Scylla. I know. But that, an amazing singer. I love Scylla Such Black. an amazing singer. I love Scylla. Oh, right. I, can't be- I can't believe she's dead. No, neither can I. And I also can't believe that, like... Apparently she was, like, a terrible person. She's, like, the Ellen no. of the English Ellen. Sh- no. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. If you, I pretend you know I do not see it. <laughs> Have you seen, like, a natural mm. puppet reader? Um, uh, no. No? No. Okay. Is she a monster? Yeah. Oh. No, she's a great not. singer. Yeah. <laughs> but she saved Cynthia. She, well, she made Cynthia get a divorce. Yeah, and was it Eric Clapton who wrote... Was it... I get all my... My people this, mixed up, but it was Eric the, Clapton who sorry. stole George Harrison's wife by writing a song for him, for yes. her, right? That is a Paddy real Boyd. thing that happened. Yes, yeah. Patty Boyd. She yeah. was a ride. She like, was such a ride. But I would have stole like, her. Layla, is a, Layla slaps, but like... <laughs> but something's about her as well. Something else. Yeah. Something about her. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'd take her. something way... I would take something over Layla. I would take oh, yeah. George Harrison over Eric Clapton yeah, any, any day. day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> any day. What's racist? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's real bad. Oh, yeah. I know we're like saying... He's like UKIP. Yeah, 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 no. Yeah. I know we're yeah. saying we ha- we're like trying to take the good and he's about, but Eric Clapton is legitimately a piece of shit though. He's legitimately very bad. Um, but this is so. This is where the dads are gonna. I hope there's gonna be dads listening to this podcast that get very angry about everything. These are all mm-hmm. dad tunes, big time. Yeah, so yeah. the whole, the whole, yeah. So the the Eric Clapton thing that people always say is that George Harrison wrote. Uh, here comes the sun out Eric Clapton's back garden yeah in the garden but then the dads will come along and be like I don't believe it I don't believe George Harrison could ever write a riff with such a soft touch as that that's an Eric Clapton riff if ever I heard one he's just lying to cover for George so people basically say that Eric Clapton wrote the riff wrote here comes the sun yeah 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 wrote the riff and uh yeah there does be like big fights and message boards which i used to be part of when i was 13 years old um uh yeah big fights that is interesting Mm -hmm. like god you'd nearly discourage you from hanging out with other artists all together wouldn't it you know what i mean like wife thievery like a prick I actually hate Eric Clapton. I'm actually getting angry. With him. <laughs> I actually, I hate his fucking guts. Like, I actually want to fight him. I, I've, I've seen him. Like, it's on site. You're summoned. You're summoned, Eric Clapton. If yeah. you're out there, if you're listening, hopefully he's not got long left in the world anyway. Like, well, pre- presumably he doesn't. Like, we're like the 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 weird thing about talking about these things as well is that like these are house parties that all happened so like before all before we were born like, yeah it's wild because but the stories all seem to particularly from that time of the Beatles and Clapton and that mm-hmm. guitar era yeah they feel like still present yeah they have like a timeless timeless gossip timeless gossip timeless take-up. I do love gossip I love Beatles gossip yeah. I think it's fantastic so your favourite Beatle is, te- is is technically Paul the person I like the most is Paul yeah but the person that you I am relate to the most John Lennon where are you on Ringo because I feel like everyone <gasps> I is... love Ringo <laughs> Ringo's a legend Ringo's the one that like okay so Paul is like I really admire him I really yeah. respect him John Lennon is like you're a little bit of a piece of shit but we're the same piece of shit yeah. so it's fine we both have rage problems it's grand George Harrison is like the sexy boy he's, yeah, he's like the so hot handsome. he's such so a ride handsome. he's like, so hot and he's just kind of like serene and he just yeah, comes like, in every so often and does like the second best song on the album yeah. and then does no other song did he write <laughs> them? did he write he, he's, he's also written some of the best ones like did he yeah, write yeah, Blackbird yeah. no that's no, Paul that Kearney. was Paul yeah. yeah 
Yeah, but something is something. Something is, here comes something oh my, is my fave. Like it's an amazing song. Yeah, I actually downloaded. So this was like a LimeWire mishap. I actually downloaded the anthology version of something. So I thought that was the version for uh, years. The one where it's just him on the guitar and he like sings the kind of percussive um, descending to the dum 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 dum, and he like sings that. And I always thought that was so cool. And I was like, I love this song. And then like maybe two years later, I heard like the produced version of it. I was like, I hate this. This is not the same. This is not, not good. This is not good at all. But, um, oh, sorry, what was I saying there? Ringo. Oh, Ringo. Ringo. Ringo is like my boy. Ringo is like if I was going out in the town, yeah, like going, getting yeah. ready, I'd be like, Ringo, are you coming? You're going to be my wingman. I'm not attracted to you at all because you don't have any <laughs> sexual prowess. God, but like, come on, me. we go. Come on, we go. He'd like protect you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know that scene in a hard day's night where they go to the club and like John and Paul are hanging out, like surrounded by women and drinking. Yeah. And Ringo's just doing the worst dancing you've ever seen on a dance oh, yeah. floor. No, that's him. It's, it's it's like, it's really lucky that he was stuck behind a drum kit that he didn't have to like move around on stage. Yeah. He's literally yeah. just doing that. Excellent. Just like punching <laughs> with both fists at the same time yeah, yeah, to music yeah. while hunched over. Massive it's Ringo really Starr energy. <laughs> yeah. Just do it alone. It's very, um, it's, it's kind of unusual that the most likable Beatle is the most English one, I think. Like that's, weird he has a real like ingo face like no or... english yeah that's what i mean he's really english yeah like, he's got real well no he because the rest of them are all half irish no way yeah i didn't know this yeah like paul mccartney's man's from i'm just gonna say all way i don't think i know that yeah. i only know through the book the beetlebone that john lennon bought an island in ireland i knew that but i didn't know they're that all, so they're all i think at least second gen irish like they would all have irish accented except relatives except Except Ringo, he's pure prod. Starsky. Full Starsky. Protestant. Starsky. Starsky. <laughs> <laughs> That's his real name, isn't it? Starkey. No, Starsky. Is it Starsky? Oh, yeah, yeah not Starsky and Hunch. Oh. Like, that would be good, though. It would. Um, But, yeah. Where was I? What was I talking about? Just Ringo. Just Ringo. Just Ringo I, energy. Yeah. My... Did you watch 500 Days of Summer? Yes. How did you feel when Zoe Deschanel said that her favourite Beatle was Ringo? She's, she's just being a fucking contrarian, like, yeah. oh, yeah. classic Zoe Deschanel energy, like, oh, Ringo's my favourite. But, like, <laughs> I love Ringo. I love all of them. Mm. I absolutely love all they of them. They each have their merits. Yeah, they absolutely do. But to say that Ringo is your favourite, like, you're a liar. You shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, you're a liar. Um, but I would also say another reason I love the White Album so much because it has the best Ringo moment in my opinion which one? which is you were in a car crash <laughs> you had lost your hair don't pass me by don't make me cry no. and he wrote that song as well and he actually wrote it he has a few he didn't write as many as the others did he? he has a couple no, of no he has like two no, or three he, yeah. he did it. not write as many songs as the others like, <laughs> he can't write it was like that Octopus's Garden Octopus's Garden actually or was that no, well, that's a Book Rogers song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And this is another reason I love Ringo because he always kind of is a little bit country. He kind of mm. loves country music. And like he did, he covered a Book Rogers song. I think that was one of their earliest like successful covers, covers. that like charted was the Act Naturally um, cover. But um, yeah, I just, he just is such a nice guy, isn't he? Peace softy. Love. Like what a, but what a strange position to occupy with like sex icon, fucking George Harrison, yeah. troubled genius. John Lennon, mm. Angel Face, musical fucking savant, Paul McCartney. Yeah. And Ringo. Like, what, a, what Ringo. a role, what a role mm. to, to possess entirely. He is, know? he is the Louis Tomlinson of the Beatles, like. I'm glad he's, he's, he's getting his yeah. juice slightly a bit he's more now. He's the Louis. Because yeah. I remember like when I was growing up, the narrative was that like Ringo was like the he luckiest man in the drum. world. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. Which yeah. Is yeah. Which is, but like, oh, what the he's I'm opening very a weird good. can. Sorry, my can is super weird. Um, The, yeah, the One Direction comparisons are interesting because there's more of them 
do you know? But like you can see how they are kind of a direct result of that Beatlesification of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Like and uh, I don't know, like Harry is Paul, obviously. Do you know? Like you can see the line. Harry is not Paul. Harry's so actually <laughs> having a laugh. Harry's no, so I'm Paul. Paul. What Harry face? is not Paul. Harry's clearly John Lennon. No, he's no, no, so no, no. much more troubled. Niall is Zane Paul. Is no, Niall what is, is Paul. happening here? Niall is Paul. Niall is Paul. Horn from Willing Guard. Oh my God, Niall is Paul. Niall is literally Paul. Plays the guitar. Has had the second most successful solo career. But like I, I would argue that Zayn is more like. Oh fuck off! You're bullying me now. Sorry, yeah. who's Zane? I will not be bullied. Who's Zane? Who's Zane? Zane Malik. Oh, Zane George, because he's the one who like left first and, and hated it the most. Because he's the hottest one. <laughs> and, he, he hate, and he hated being in them the most of them. Okay, okay. yeah, actually, I'll yeah. give you that. That's actually very, okay. very astute observation. Because I would have said that his anger and stuff is probably more like John. Liam Payne is a uh, Pete Best. I always forget about him. <laughs> I just forget that Liam exists. I'm just like, exactly. Pete is Best. he not Ringo then? He's no, like, he's oh, Pete yeah, Best. Liam. He's Pete yeah. Best. Like, okay. he's Pete Best. No, sorry. Who are you saying is Ringo? It's not <laughs> No, it's sorry. not Liam. It can't be. No, it's not Liam. Ringo is um, Louis. It's definitely Louis. Ringo's mm-hmm. new because he's yeah. so lovely and he's so likable and everyone just wants the best for him. Yeah. Or yeah, it's pretty much useless. Really, he doesn't really do musically. Anything, does he? Yeah. No, he's, he's kind of stood there. No, but he's lovely. Oh yeah, no, I've, I've, I've a lot of warmth to, towards all of the gentlemen. So what were you saying, right? Harry is definitely John Lennon. I'm sorry, because he is, because he is though, because he has the most star power and he's yeah. the most troubled and he's the most sensitive. Yeah, he's he he a little bit troubled. Like, I could save him. <laughs> um, we could all save him very easily. And he's kind of. You know, I think album-wise, yeah. So yeah, no, in terms John. of him having a career, but I think Nile is Paul. Yeah. The cutesiness of, of Paul, I don't if know. If they were going to release Christmas singles, Harry would release um, War Is Over. War Is Over, absolutely. Nile would definitely do, simply having the one for Christmas time. Yeah. The Alan Maguire logic wins again. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that actually, an astounding take. That oh my is God. really astute observation. Um, huh. That is absolutely dead right. Because, yeah, because Harry is definitely the bit more po-faced. Yeah. Yeah. I love him, but he's, he's, he's a, a bit, bit more in the counterculture. He gets a bit more ham fisted yeah. with his counterculture mm-hmm. uh, um, ideology, but he gets a lot of Blue Peter badges for just wearing a blouse. To be honest, like I mean, I but I mean, he can so wear a blouse different. all day in front of me. I'm not wrong, but he's like so different. Is he? Blouse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, when he wears yeah. his little, when he wears his little Gucci uh, sweater vest, he's just like a better looking Perry Farrell. Do you know what I mean? He's basically he's dressed exactly like Perry Farrell would have been in the nineties, but he's just who's Perry Farrell? James Addiction. I don't know. Porn of Pyros. Yeah. Yeah. He's but is he not like is he not? That's true Farrell? actually. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. very like Black Rose nineties. Yeah. Uh, Southern swagger rock kind yeah. of a look. Yeah. It's a look. This is yeah. all being lost on me. I don't know what we're <laughs> talking about. Jane's had one song that anybody would ever know, but I was they're like they're kinda of like the chilies. They're bad music, dude. Don't get me like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I have taste. Yeah. I'm Did not you, gonna Okay, hey, sorry, we're completely going off topic here and this We're is, going around the house. We'll get back to them. It's fine. Um yeah. I think the red hot chili peppers are very good. So do I. I've been seeing them five times. I fucking love them. I don't like that people think they are bad. People are just being constant. It upsets me. No, people are just being dicks. People think they're smarter than the chilies. I'm like, I okay. do think it's weird that Anthony Kiedis is like 55 years old and has like a 19 year old girlfriend. Yeah, but they all yeah. do. They're all scumbags. But they all I think do. We're all anybody who was like 
uh, a teen, a late teen in like the turn of the century mm-hmm. is embarrassed by how much they liked the Red Hot Chili Peppers at that time. Yeah, but some because of the songs they're great. are so good. Because we all saw them three or four times live. Yeah. In those years. I was up the fucking front. And oh, me too. I, I think that they, we, were pro- we probably didn't even know. Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. like the New Orleans supported them in um, Lansdowne Road. Yeah. You were there? Uh, and I John Fashanti came out and played Disorder oh, with John them Fashanti. or something. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Hi there, guys, you're listening to Juvenalia and we're talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> we haven't we, done Red Hot Chili Peppers. We finally got the opportunity to talk about the Beatles and instead we're talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers. We'll stop this now before anyway, we're getting this. Anyway, is the best rock and roll song of all time. Oh, Back on track. Okay, Charles Manson. Mm. Chill, yeah. chill. I also like Piggies. Peg Piggies is very good as well. Yeah. Let me open up a fresh DC while we get into I've it. I've just spent the last uh, 10 minutes struggling with a really weird can of sparkling water and just figured out how to open it. So I feel like a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. It's got like a little hat that you can pull off. Um, what is your favourite Beatles album, Alan McGuire? Um, I... See, we, we did we did I am Sergeant Pepper for the leave insert mm. so, yeah, so I know I. that a lot like very well I I think it's I have the boring dad answers revolver oh that's such a fucking dad I, I love Torn Never Knows so much it was their first it's their first good album there are obviously yeah. extremely high points on everything that came beforehand but they weren't necessarily great albums because they weren't super cohesive and there was a lot of like filler Um, but you're right revolver is the first really good album then Abbey Road is my second favourite. Oh wait, Rubber Soul or Revolver first? Dads, uh, can Rubber you help Soul me? Rubber first, then Revolver. Yeah. Sorry, so Rubber Soul is actually the first good album and then Revolver was the one where your man, Klaus, Klaus Vorman, is that his name? And he did the uh, the art work. Oh, the black and white. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he was from their Hamburg days. He was like a Hamburg friend and the artwork's really good. I hate that I know this. I hate that I know this. Like, yeah. So the thing is, if you were to, if I was to do a Beatles quiz and sit down I would probably, you know, the really hard ones like BBC, 100 questions, Beatles, super fan, really intense. Like, oh, where was the cover for Please Please Me shot in the EMI buildings in London in 1962? The end of 1962? Yeah. Like, it's, I just, I, so many fucking horrible facts are just like, so Astrid Kircher, that's the name of the photographer who did all the Hamburg photos. Like, um, and she was Stuart Sutcliffe's girlfriend until he died of a brain hemorrhage which a lot of people say John Lennon beat Stuart Sutcliffe up under a bridge in Hamburg after a drunken brawl one night and he caused the brain hemorrhage like do you know what I mean like all these horrible <laughs> things they just come to me like the- I love having those facts put away though like that's mm. that's where yeah. the, your, your moment of truth will come at a table quiz where you can be like there's a Beatles round fuck oh, you and I you can flex like, I think everybody has like a pocket in their brain for it an obsession University so for some people it's like baseball stats or for me it's Radiohead and yeah. obviously Fuse mine is, is it, yeah. mine is literally Nintendo facts yeah like yeah. I, I the same like just a drawer in the back of your head where you just have like stuck all this useless, useless. detailed knowledge useless. but it's great useless unless I'm stuck in a room with like a 65 year old man and you can impress and him. then he's like <laughs> she knows hey stuff. the kids are all right where are you on the films because like when I was growing up I had a VHS and my, my actually was talking to my dad about this this week uh, VHS of the Yellow Submarine recorded off the television mm-hmm. which I watched on repeat until it was disappeared mm-hmm. because my parents were like you have to stop watching this and I was yeah. like no um, I what like from four or five until maybe I was seven, I, I was just completely fixated on it. Yeah. Um. I didn't. Wa- I haven't seen any of the other live action Beatles movies, but the Yellow Submarine is 
part of my DNA. Yellow submarine is great, and it it's also nuts. like it's, no, it's bananas. Yes, yeah, completely fucking. It's, it's very like, frightening. It's really like it's like the PG version of the animated sequences from the Wall film yeah. from Pink Floyd. Yeah, um, like it's it's no narrative, like all over the gaff, like just them just vibing around. They basically brought them into the studio and was like, "Can you just say spoken word things?" And we'll just like edit it together into an animation. They're like, mm. yeah, okay. All you need is glove or whatever. The glove. Like, yeah, yeah, the glove. Yeah. All weird. you need is. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I can see that. That's yeah, so the glove. weird. Um, the blue meanies, which were the most visually upsetting they were creatures so in the world. Mean. They were horrible. Oh. The, the, they, they were, I actually, I was about to kind of do the body of one of them because they're not even upright. They're these strange like shapes. They're just a collection shapes. of shapes. Shapes. Like that's all they are. Yeah. And uh, the songs in the film are just banger after banger after. Banger. I love the um, I love the more muted like the animated sequences where they're like in Liverpool. Mm. I lo- I love all the them. photographs. It's put in, so like, nice. Yeah, 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 it's so beautiful. But my favorite, and I told you to watch it, and mm. then I realized that I actually haven't seen it in ages, so I'll probably forget all of the facts from it. But my favorite was Help. I thought Help was amazing because it was so many location shoots. Mm. And they basically, so at this point in their career, they were like the big Billy Big Bollockses of the world and they could do literally anything they wanted. They're the first super group as well. But they mm. hadn't gotten to the weird point where the ego became a monster. Right. This is before so the LSD. It was just, befo- just before the LSD. Just yeah. before the acid. And so they were like a load of little scrappy young flas like going around and be like, what can we do? <laughs> and basically... They were like, okay, we want you to make another film. And the Beatles were like, okay, but we also really want to go on a holiday. And they were like, let's just do both. Let's just literally do both. So I think they're in like four different countries or something. But the main yeah. one is the Bahamas. They go to Nassau and the Bahamas and they film all around the Bahamas. So and when they, I they was, wear jeans as well. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, they wear jeans. They look very modern. And yeah. it's a very modern camera. Um, It's like the most... It, it's, it's kind of trippy when you look at it because you mainly know the Beatles from like black and white photos mm. from that particular era where they had the ball cuts and stuff. And then you see the film and it's like, oh, they were real people. Like they were actually real life human beings and they weren't just like photographs of like wow. mannequins that they tailor made for me specifically because I love them so this much. This picture of them, on the, it's a great picture of them on the beach yeah. and the jeans, they look mad. Yeah. They just look like dudes. They're like regular like Levi's and like yeah. Paul's in like a black oh t-shirt. Oh my God. And that you could yeah. even see like, that could be now. Like yeah. George has like acne in the film as well that mm. you can see because he was like 21 when that was filmed. Stop. Yeah, he was 21. very young. He was 26 he, and they broke up or 27. Which is nuts to me. He was 23 when they released uh, Sgt. Pepper. Like mm. I abs- Every so often I get this staggering vertigo of realising that we are now... It's the Scott Pilgrim problem. Yeah. Realising every time you check in with the art that you love. It's like... Mm-hmm. They were 21. Yeah, we started watching New Girl this week again. Don't we were do like, it. Now oh, we're, we're five years older than all of them no, now. No, no, That's bad, horrible. Yeah. We'll be the same age as the Rugrats parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, a, it's a weird one. In me- uh, music in particular is a, yeah. is a beast because... Oh um, my God, Winehouse's anniversary was this week and it's like... She was 27 stuck. when she died. Like, mad. Like, mad. that's a, a locked moment of brilliance. Yeah. Do you know? God love her. Like, God love her. I'm telling you. She so, makes me so sad. Yeah, still. still. Yeah. Um, but that... His youth, I was just looking at pictures of them on the beach there. They just look like little babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, like they were really, like, I'm saying, like, um, you know, George was, like, 21. Like, John would have only been, like, 25. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. at that point. Um, but it's just, it's mad to think how young they were. And in music in general, it's mad to think of how young people were 
in the 60s and 70s in particular because in order to have become successful they needed to start at the age of like 11 there was like no room like when you think my one of my favorite musicians of all time is Todd Rundgren and my favorite Todd Rundgren album he like recorded produced played all of the instruments on wrote all of the songs himself at the age of 23 i was like gorgeous love that that's fabulous that's (laughs) definitely not sending a cold chill down my spine of how much of an untalented ogre i am like great thanks or how old prince was for all his first albums oh disgusting he was like 19 for his first album yeah yeah it's horrible it's fine it's fine Mm. everyone is i don't know i like being in my 30s okay (laughs) i mean i'm i'm living it's fine um but I, I, I think that there's being young in those years, I suppose, is different yeah. than being young now. Oh, yeah, because they were like, like John was married, like, yeah, God. and had a kid. Fucking hell. Or when did he have Julian? I can't remember. Oh, he's two. He's Sean and Julian. Yeah. 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 He has a favorite. So I was reading. So, <laughs> so I was reading. Um, I was reading. All, there's like a Reddit. Because so. I would say Beatles another, Reddits are nuts, right? Another part of my childhood that is probably important to note with regards to the Beatles obsession was I was a huge message boards child. Me and Alan are both huge message yeah. board children. Yeah. Message boards were a really interesting part of the internet. Message boards and comment sections. So yeah. the comment section, I, I think it should be archived somewhere. But I used to literally go home every day after school at the age of 12 and argue in the comments of the 500 greatest albums of all time Rolling Stone webpage Amazing. with men Amazing. who were definitely <laughs> like who were definitely like 50 and I would just like fight them. And then towards the end of it, I'd be like 13 and I started to kind of realize what was going on, which was the same opinions all the time. So I remember getting on one day and just being like, what does everybody think of that Razor Light album? And they'd be like, ah! <laughs> and they wouldn't physically be able to, what are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about, man? And they'd be like, I think it's great. I was just literally, trolling. I became a troll. High level trolling. <laughs> High level trolling at the age of like 12 it's to 13 in the Rolling Stone guests. message boards. We've had so many amazing guests through the doors of Juvenile who spent their like 12s, 13s just wrecking the heads of online. <laughs> just fighting with pricks on the just internet. Fighting. Like, just having right. Fight. yeah so yeah but the Beatles Reddit is amazing it gets it's so and it's still kicking right? it's so yeah it's so referential and it's such a purified form of like nerdness it's like like the things that they're referencing I was like laughing we're like ah and I showed it to my friend Bella and she was like what is it what is it? I don't get it what I like, would say the Beatles memes are so fried by oh, reference and time that they're, they're impenetrable there, there was one that I saw that I literally was like on the floor laughing so you know the you know the virgin and Chad yeah yeah meme so there's like a virgin virgin Lennon McCartney and Chad Harrison <laughs> and one of the one of the one of them was like John Lennon, like assassinated by a nerd, and then Chad Harrison saved from an assassination attempt by his beautiful wife. <laughs> so funny! I was like literally dying. Oh my god! And all of them, all of them were so good. Like, um, we're just gonna have to post these on the Juvenile Twitter to, yeah, and be like, "Here's a thread of yeah. the worst memes from the the Beatles Reddit." Oh, like, they are very fried. Like, they go in intense. But um, yeah, like the uh, basically the the mode of operation on Beatles Reddit is George Harrison rules and everyone else fucking sucks. Fair. 
Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, I love this. Yeah. It's so good. It's very hard, like Stan, Stan culture of George Harrison. I feel like I mm. I just that love that they're taking the piss out of John Lennon for getting assassinated by a nerd. <laughs> it's so funny. Talk like better cook it's, move, John. It's, it's like, like so dark, but mm. it's so good. Mm. Oh, like he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the vibe like about the the general? I guess it comes up again and again in response to Generation Z just having different reference points than Millennials X etc mm-hmm. but like the the vibe of people like Billie Eilish not listening to the Beatles and things like that like I personally don't care what teenagers do and don't listen to yeah. but and I don't think they should have to I didn't listen to the Beatles when I was a teenager yeah I don't you know? think anybody should have to know anything yeah. but what, where are you on that on the like the, stu- the, the study of things and like oh what? I just think I just think every teenager should be obsessed with something at some point. And I don't think it has to be the Beatles by any stretch of the imagination. There's loads of things I don't know about. Yeah, same. Do you know? Massive um, cultural blind spots. It's fine. Huge. Like, you were talking about Prince earlier. I was like, I, I had this really embarrassing moment about two years ago where I was like listening. I was on the tram when I lived in Manchester. I was on the tram to work and something came on my Spotify Discover playlist. And I was like, oh, what is this? It's like a young indie band, probably from Manchester, coming up. Oh, yeah, it's really new, really exciting, really fresh sounding. It was a fucking Prince song. Like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, I know nothing about anything. Like, all I know is the Beatles. So, yeah, no, I think I think every teenager should be obsessed with something. Um, And I also would not recommend becoming obsessed with something that no you have no friends with like yeah. I think it would have been more fun if I was obsessed with One Direction or something because it's such commu- commu- inverted commas community yeah. like my sister was a massive directioner and like yeah. she uh, her bringing me around and explaining that to me was gorgeous and going to those shows there was amazing because there's just this sense of like being part of a hive or something like it's not it's it's an energy thing. You're like, oh my yeah. god, everyone here is exactly as happy to be here as everybody else. This is fucking very pure, yeah. you know. And but- it used to upset me because of that because I was like, why is nobody, nobody else, else getting this? And I had no one to talk to except people on the internet about it. Um, and that used to really upset me, like, because I was just like so obsessed with them and I couldn't leave them. I couldn't abandon no. the Beatles. Uh, they needed me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it used to upset me because I just really wanted friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no. So it's just like the Beatles are my friends now. But yeah, I think teenagers should really just get ham into something. Just yeah. something. Because it's the only time your brain is able to do that. And hold all that information. Yeah, you got to just sponge it into you. Just get it into you like with a spoon. Um, But yeah, I uh, loved them for a very long time. The Beatles was very that intensely into them. Then when I was about 15, I had to completely change lanes and I got into Bombay Bicycle Club and I physically was not able to listen to the Beatles for like six years. I couldn't really? listen to them. I couldn't. You, it, was, it was too much saturation. It was uh, saturation. I was like, oh, no, it's too much. Like every time I listen, every time I listen, it's too much, too much. Like there's too many feelings and emotions and things attached. And I was also extremely embarrassed about my behavior with regards to the Beatles. And 15 was, is around the year when that shit starts, where you start just yeah. becoming steeped in shame of your own existence. Oh, Oh yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because then I came out of when I came out of my Bombay Bicycle Club phase, I had the exact same thing where I was like, "Oh god, I can never listen to them ever again because it's actually too painful because there's actually too many things associated with this." But then I started listening to the Beatles again. It was great. But um And they'll always be there for you and they'll always have a massive back catalog and a million live tracks and like there will always it's 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 nearly an infinite experience. It is infinite because, you know, 
after the Beatles, like it's mad to think like they had a recording career of like eight years. Like that was that's as long fucking that's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. Like and, she was older than that. Like. And within those eight years, they covered the grounds of everything, which is actually let me just let me just segue into a completely different point that has nothing to do with the point that I started on. I really don't like, and this is me being an old stoop crone, right, with the teenagers. Um, I don't like the new internet culture of slagging off the Beatles. I get really offended <laughs> yeah, by it. There's a, there, so there's a, this, the slagging, there, there's a weird line here where millennials will be like, yo, we're so lame. And I'm like, fucking stand up for yourself, you callow fucks. We're it, not lame. No, but it is fun. Like, a good roast <clears throat> is a good roast. Yeah. Sometimes. Whatever. But also, but, the, Beatles, the slagging Beatles thing is part of that. We're just like, yeah, fuck the Beatles. It's like, no, get over yourselves. Like, and the thing not, is, I don't mind it when it's like a joke, like when people are like. Well, it's like you and Razor Light. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I don't mind it. I don't mind it when it's a joke, but then it's mutated into like actual real life musicians who in my opinion are fucking morons. Mm. Like actual real life musicians who'll be like, I actually don't even think the Beatles are actually even good. Like I actually just don't like anything about the Beatles. I actually just don't think they're good. And that's just my opinion. Like, no, the it's not your opinion. You're like, a moron. Like, you're actually a moron. Because the whole thing is, within the eight years of their recording career, they covered the grounds for everything yeah. possible. Like, you can't just say that you don't think they're good because I will come to your house and beat you up. Yeah. There's a, have you read um, Revolution in the Head by Ian McDonald? No. It's a book. Basically, it goes through the recording of every Beatles song in the order to, that they were recorded. Well, With recording notes for all of them. Oh, I um, have. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that book. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, but I have read it. When he gets to I want to hold your hand, he says he quotes some other book where he says basically every white and black artist this person talked to said I want to hold your hand changed everything. Mm-hmm. It absolutely changed everything. Of all the songs, I want to hold your it's hand. It's just it's it's different. It, it is, is packed full of stuff. It's just, it's just constantly changing, changing, changing. Mm-hmm. And just this stuff happening. He makes this a, a distinction between records and songs. Mm-hmm. And I want to hold your hand is a record. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it's a moment. It's... I would never, when I look back yeah. on the Beatles songs, think I want to hold your hand stands out for me. But I'm thinking of it now, and I'm like, it is kind of mad sound, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? When it I goes off. To feel happy inside. Yeah. And there's the weird brain just goes in that little breakdown. Yeah, yeah. I love the Yeah, it does go off. And there's also a bit that where he talks about, like, even though, like, Abbey Road was, like, objectively, like, a poor studio relative to American studios. Yes. The American students were sort of ripping their studios apart and rebuilding them to try to get the drum sounds that the Beatles were getting. Weird. In yeah. the sixties. Like they really they pushed them and George Martin like pushed so much stuff forward. Yeah. They brought all that stuff like jumped. Like if you compare what stuff sounded like in nineteen sixty two and nineteen seventy. The is world like, is really different. Is Technology like yeah, happened. Yeah. And the Beatles are a large part of that. That's really interesting. Yeah. They're responsible for so much. And I was actually I was having a discussion about the Beatles a couple of weeks ago. Um, where I was like, I actually think that now in the modern day, and the reason that there is so much disrespect towards the Beatles, is because the top, let's say the top forty chart, mm. um, the influence has shifted from direct Beatles influence to direct ABBA influence. ABBA are now responsible for pretty much everything you hear in the top forty, mm. but also like. The Beatles are responsible for everything ABBA did. But instead of, you don't see the clear through line anymore in the charts because guitars are so out of fashion Mm -hmm. and guitars are not trendy, they're not cool. It's all synth and... It's all synth and it's all piano-based and it's all piano-based songwriting and structures. That ABBA take is really, really interesting. Oh, it's so true. It's like, I mean, I could go on. Like, I know know we're going to talk about the Beatles, but I find that really 
especially I guess I in terms I again like I said I'm not really a big music listener day to day yeah but uh, say TikTok for example right in, oh, what, yeah. in the music that you hear sampled on that which is where pop goes to live now you know it's yep. where hits, hits go to be born out of the 15 second or one minute moments it's so weird um, it's so, and I, I, I've seen on my on my scroll uh, KFC come up completely randomly several yeah, times it's, it's so amazing. strange do you it's know really about cool. what happened with KFC no, on no. TikTok sorry uh, juvenile listeners we're just going to talk about me now yeah like, that's, um, that's what we're here to do you know um, KFC the song became it wasn't viral or anything it, like it, it didn't compared to other songs on TikTok it barely made a splash in the ocean but there's like 50 videos that are using the song another day kfc by cmat now available on spotify and itunes um that are using it as their song in the background yeah and they're all from poland weird they're all polish all yeah, polish people yeah, yeah but like then i also Algorithm. so i have access to my like spotify streaming numbers and stuff through the artist app so i can see the breakdown of each country and how many plays were in each country the month in question, there was like 10 plays on Spotify in Poland. So the song did not reach Poland on Spotify or on any on other TikTok. streaming service. But it did on TikTok. Weird. It's so weird. I don't understand the weird. internet. I don't understand. But largely, the songs, because of that one minute quality, right? And mm-hmm. that kind of like, it just needs to have a strong chorus or a strong literal moment. But it doesn't happen. have to have a strong anything else. No, just like a minute. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And it's records instead of songs. Yeah. It's record. It's like yeah. where, but I can hear that. And now that I'm thinking of it, I can hear the ABBA in the tracks that you hear fucking constantly. Yeah. These big synthy kind of slightly sexy things that happen. You know, like it's a really um, it's a weird way to distribute music, an accidental way to distribute music. Yeah. Supposed to, you know. Yeah, and I think that the point that you had there about like um songs versus records as well is the Beatles were songs. They were songwriters. There was about the three minute thirty second everything was happening there whereas ABBA is definitely more like it's a moment there's like a moment in the song yeah. and everything else just accommodates the couple of moments that are like these huge moments they're also very adept at doing the three minutes and 30 seconds rounding it off don't get me wrong but um, yeah I think the through line is gone now it's not as visible as it would have been like 10 years ago with the Beatles. Um, but 10 years is such a long time in But music, I also, like. I wish that people would be like, oh, but like the only reason that ABBA exists is because of the Beatles. Like, come on girls, let's get our musical history together. Let's have a bit of respect <laughs> for the Beatles. Or I will get angry. It's true and kind of sad how it all becomes kind of just slightly obscured. There is a big 70s TikTok though, or in a big 60s TikTok of people who just do the mm. eyelashes and put on. Well, seven. I would things. actually argue, I think 70s is huge at the moment. Like yes. 70s. And I think that like there's a girl that I follow on TikTok who just like is an Abba stan. Excellent. She's like 16 years old and she's Excellent. cut her hair herself to look like Ignita. The little, little yokies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like and, half she, and she like does ships between Abba where she's like, I actually think this marriage was the best. <laughs> and she does like Neither a whole of video. Those marriages worked, and man. she does like a whole <laughs> video. She does like a whole video. Uh she's mad. Like she's absolutely cracked. Oh wow. Like, but then again, what a hero. What an icon. Do you know? Yeah. Like you have to be obsessed with something. You have to be obsessed know? with something. And ABBA's great as well. Yeah. But it's not the Beatles. Um no. it's not as good. The Beatles are the best band. And um I love them very much. And yeah, any questions? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like a top five? For people tracks. tracks yeah for people to go and listen to or what, what if you're on a cover of Beatles song see Matt's curation of the Beatles yeah. uh, I actually can't rec- physically I'm like I can't physically the talk about this in a way this, okay 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 let me just get this together so um 
I love from the White Album probably my favourite song is Martha My Dear I love that song it's very piano it's very um jovial without being too saccharine um i love there's like a dissonant chord thing that happens every so often with the dum, 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 dum. um let me think when i was when i was 14 i have a very intense memory of like um spending two hours hanging up christmas lights in my kitchen by myself and then turning all the lights off and then blasting norwegian wood very yeah. loudly and like spinning around in a dress that i had and like nobody else was in the house so massive I just, tiktok energy i put on like a big yeah. long dress and i just like spun around and was like dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 like and my hair was really long and I was like flicking my hair and I was like having a moment Norwegian um, Wood is a fucking banger Norwegian yeah, yeah. Wood is fantastic it's, fantastic. it's really good um, oh this is so hard I don't like thinking of songs off the top of my head is Norwegian Wood college core on? yeah it is <laughs> oh, it totally yeah it's is. totally yeah. college core yeah. legitimately um, I also love like off the off the help um, in the my one of my favourite pieces of like video footage is the scene in help where they're singing uh you've got to hide your love away and uh they're like in their house their beatles house where it's like four separate houses but they've just like so in the film they have like four separate townhouses in london and they all and they're all like right next to each other so they all walk in the front door and they've all got like separate doors and then they come in and there's just like a massive space and it's like they've knocked down all of the walls in between so people think they're humble yeah they oh, but they're not humble they're but each section is personalized for each beetle yeah so like like in Paul the spice girls like, movie yeah but it's, it's probably a direct amazing. reference, isn't it? Probably a direct reference. Yeah. Actually, yes, that would make sense. Yeah, so like Paul has like Superman comics on his like harmonium and stuff, and really John funny. has a little like conversation pit that's also his bed with conversation books pits. and stuff. Every single day of my life, someone says the word conver- sorry conversation <laughs> pits, man. They're coming back. My Ringo has snack them. machines in his. Fucking hell. With sandwiches, very it's very good. Aww, I love him. I love as well. Too. Just again, off the top of my head, these are not my top five because I couldn't pick my top five. I'm no, just picking those. That was an unfair question. Just the ones that are coming to me. I love Dig a Pony. Really? <laughs> like I love. It's the hardest love... song in rock band Beatles. Is it? It's really hard. <laughs> oh, I actually think I had rock band Beatles. I was obsessed with it. That was like my one of my main entry points back into the Beatles. So that's like rock that's like band. a weird canon. Yeah, it was like fully Apple approved. So they like. They put a lot of effort into rock and Beatles. Huh. It's actually really beautiful. Some of the videos stuff for it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. like they finish they finish with the end and stuff. I At think, the end is like yeah, a bonus yeah, song. Yeah. It's on lock and stuff. It's really nice. I actually had that and I finished it in a day. Me too. My yeah. sister just, gave it to yeah. me for Christmas with like the guitar and everything. And was like, okay, cool. So this is what I'm doing for the day. I mm-hmm. literally was in at ten o'clock in the morning and like finishing at like ten o'clock at night. And I was like, okay, it's done. But part yeah. of the joy of rock band is like the meditative repeating and the going through things, yeah. right? You know, mm-hmm. like I was terrible at it. I think I had it on like easy, like easy because I just wanted to hear the songs it's <laughs> just like oh yes i love to listen to songs i can hear the, the click of the of the uh, the click of the fake instruments is such a like i can never hear maps uh, yeah. <laughs> without hearing the click of the fucking guitar um sorry i totally was spaced out there um so that was dig a pony and dig a pony's great i also um just come in and again i don't want to say these are my favorite songs because they're definitely not there's too many but um, I used to climb out onto the roof of my house when I was 13 years old. Um, oh, so a whole factor of me being a teenager was I constantly wanted to run away. I was like, I need to run away from Dunboyne County Meath. It's too small for me here. I need to go to the big city, Liverpool. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, so I used to climb out onto like, like in the middle of the night, I used to climb out onto like the roof of my bedroom and I'd like sit in the dark with like a blanket over me and like gaze out into the sky and listen to She's Leaving Home Aww. and be like, that's going to be me one day. Not realizing that it's about like a fucking uh, backyard abortion thing. Context gonna... gets lost though. Yeah, you know? especially like, those I'll be leaving home soon. Like, <laughs> that's, um, yeah, so that was a big one for me. Um, and I love um, a George Harrison song that is escaping me now. Which George Harrison song is my favorite George Harrison song? Girls, any suggestions? What are the George Harrison songs that are good? Uh, so something. something. Here comes, song. Here comes a song. I love something, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. Well, and then you without you, the inner light. Uh... Oh uh, no, sorry. Uh, this isn't a George Harrison song. I was thinking of um, while my guitar gently weeps. Oh yeah, okay. uh, which is also fantastic. But I love happiness as a warm gun. That's probably one of my. Mm. That's actually probably one of my favorite songs, and it's such a John number as well. And the lyrics in it are so fantastically all over the gaff, and I just love the. The, the thing that happens with the tambourine where it's like hitting on the I think it's great um, and I just like the lyric Mother Superior Jump the Gun because it's like you just see a nun jumping over a gun like it's got a nice sound to it it's got a nice like yeah, to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then just the way the ending of it opens up and it's so dramatic and it's so stupid the happiness is a one Bang, bang, shoot, shoot, happiness. I love anything with a big backing vocal because I'm a backing vocal whore. I love backing vocals. I love backing vocals more than I like a melody. I'll be honest. Loads of good <laughs> harmonies knocking around the background. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, just like. They are amazing for the harmonies. Like, their harmonies are unreal. I, yeah. Like, I, they're real good. They invented them in a way like they <laughs> like they invented like the way that we do harmonies today yeah those the in terms of styles of pop music for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. like that uh it was always so tight and close as well like it was really uh like a little orchestra and they weren't even good singers but it didn't matter to be, you know you can like if you can like work with the people around you i think i don't know Oh, another song. Uh, also, I seem to just be picking songs off White Album. I've realized, but I don't care. Um, I love Paul when he goes full ham-fisted into like old uh, dance hall music that really? his dad played. So, you know, like uh, when I'm 64, which yeah. is on mm. the, the Sgt. Pepper. Um, he does something like that again on the White Album when he does Honey Pie. And he like speaks through the telephone. She was a working girl, not the big men way. Now she's hit the big time in the USA. Like, and he just, I love that song, Honey Pie. It's so bad, but I love it. I just think it's so beautiful. And I love the lyrics where it's like, yeah, I just, where he's like begging a silver screen Liverpoolian actress to come back to him. Like, and there's the no, sea. there's no conjoined theme through them. There's, no. there's a lot of kind of naked madness in all of the lyrics, where it's just like, this oh, is yeah. a song about this. This is a song about this. There's no, um, they. It feels like they're not taking themselves incredibly seriously. In no, because they couldn't. Like, like, there's a lot of playfulness in that kind of stuff. You know, like when I'm 64 is mad. Like it's a yeah. mad song. It's completely. They followed every single impulse they had. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Like, and that yeah. impulsive actually is a really nice way of looking mm-hmm. at it. Like, and that's, I don't know. They you don't hear that very much anymore. Uh, they, no, you don't. And I think the thing with the Beatles at that point in their life was because they were the most powerful band in the world, 
and you can go one you can go two ways when you're a big pop star musician like I am um you can either constantly strive to be as successful as the thing that made you successful do you know what I mean like you're always wanting to make something that was as good if not better than the last thing you made or you can just accept that you have an audience they're probably going to like everything that you do to an extent. You might not always be as successful. You might not always be as famous, but you can accept that you have an audience that will go with you on your journey. So you should just make what you want to make and what I, you and what you find enjoyable. You're which dead is right. which is peak Paul McCartney logic because he's also just the like the right way to do things. Yeah, you know? like it's a much more. I think there. I think this about writers as well, where there's two kinds, and it's probably the same with musicians. There's people who want to be the loudest voice in the room, and people who want people to pay attention and think they're great. Yeah, and there's people who want to feel their feelings and bring and maybe connect people with those feelings yeah and that is a much lower key way of going about things yeah um but I think it's kind of truer to follow those impulses and to make the weird shit that you need to make and hope that people fall in love with you along the way yeah you know and they will yeah you know? and it, it's just that's what like, I'm doing it's less <laughs> yeah. it's the same, same yeah. as what I do where it's just like I'm just gonna make this thing yeah I just there you go yeah and uh that's a really nice way of looking at Paul McCartney as well it's very uncynical yeah. and actually that is something about them in general so they're very uncynical for a, for a super group Oh, John Lennon was super cynical. Was he? Was oh, he was yeah, cynical? he was, he was very cynical. cynical. Yeah. He was. He had rage problems. Oh, well, you know. he was. There's. A, I know you don't like books, but Beetlebone is really, really good from John Lennon's perspective. Don't it is want to read. Messed up. It's <laughs> messed up. Do you have it on Audible? I might. I would say it's probably on Audible, but okay. it's about John Lennon wandering around his the island that he bought. Oh yeah. Out of his tits for the whole thing. Sorry, is this like an Irish person? Yeah, who wrote yeah, this? Kevin Hart. Oh, it's quite yes. short. It's it's absolutely mental, but it's a really interesting portrayal. I think of John Lennon being like I think that was the first time I realized about John Lennon that he was awful. Yeah, and it's an interesting exploration of off being awful and having every option in the world to do whatever the fuck you want with that, with that awfulness. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's a my word, isn't it? Just in terms of like if you if you ever at a point have like a oh, I just want to go with the Beatles in my head. Do you know, like... Oh, like I did every night for three years. <laughs> yeah. Close my eyes and I'm like swanning around London with George Harrison. It was always kind of George Harrison, Loki. Also, sorry, this is a total other segue. There was a boy in my school who looks like George Harrison Loki when I was him. like 13. And I was like, ah! And I like literally lost my mind. Um, yeah, he looked very much like George Harrison. And I used to literally follow him around school. Where is um, he now? I think he actually does music. Ah. I don't know for sure. He was a musician though. He did like lots of music. And um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I was, George was my one. Maybe, yeah, George Maybe was George my husband. Oh, he's your husband. Beetle yeah. husband. Yeah. Beetle boy. Okay. Yeah. So, see you not. Yeah. Plug yourself. Plug yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Seema. I'm an international pop sensation. Um, at the moment, I have a single out called Rodney. Goes off so hard. The video is so good. The oh video my is yes. my masterpiece, probably. Um, <laughs> Unreal. And yes, I will have another single coming out in September, but I can't tell you what it is. But it is my baby. This song is like my baby. And I'm very excited for it to come out because this is one of those things where I feel like the people who like Rodney won't like this next song as much. And I just don't care because it's just a banger. And yeah, so follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Spotify. Uh, follow me on YouTube or she subscribe. She occasionally does amazing Instagram lives. I really, really like her. I will be song. doing another one soon. Great. I will be doing another 
live stream like that soon I'll also be doing more dancing videos oh maybe I'll so do good. maybe I'll do a video where I rate the Beatles on my Instagram TV <laughs> excellent top four I top nearly, five Beatles. I nearly participated in the CMAT dance challenge but I am not a dancer and I talked myself out of it at the last minute oh, but I no. did watch the tutorial so many times that I felt a bit bad at the end I was like oh but now I've learned how to do the Oh, but 10 out of 10 would recommend watching Zima's uh, Instagram lives and following her on Twitter. She is the top, top user of the platform. Thanks. 100%. I appreciate Sarah, it. where can we find you? Oh, on Twitter, dude, in my house. <laughs> this is like my first time out of my house in a minute. Um, I write books, uh, other words for smoke most recently. Um, yeah, you can find me on twitter.com. It's kind of my, where I normally live online. Alan McGuire, where can I find you? Uh, I'm Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Excellent. Uh, thank you to Dee McDonald for our artwork. Thanks, Dee. We miss you, Alan. We miss you, Alan. Uh, we're Tall Tales Podcast. Thank you to Emma for sitting in for Cassie today, supporting us. And thank you uh, to Cassie for having us, yeah. as always. And this is another Tall Tales Podcast, like the Group Dive and Private Our Education. Education. And thank you so much, Seema. Thank you, Seema. This has been Yay. amazing. This has been a delight. This is so great. See you in two weeks, everybody. See Bye. Ya. Bye.